I dare to say that part of the reason why we haven't got total victory in our forgiving of people is because we haven't done it yet with the character of mercy. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here today. Uh, God, we just thank you that, God, our lives matter. God, we're significant in your eyes. God, you have a plan. You have a purpose for our lives. And, Lord, we want to live uh, just lives, God, that's unhindered. God, that we don't hinder that process. We don't hinder your purpose. Uh, but, Lord, we thank you today that you said in Philippians 1.6 that we can be confident in this, that he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it. So, Lord, we thank you today that you're faithful. Lord, we thank you that you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. And uh, Lord, today we're here. God, our hearts are open. And uh, Lord, we just want to hear from you. So Holy Spirit, thank you for coming and doing what you do best. And that's teach us and guide us in all truth. So thank you for just, uh, as we open up our hearts, for just speaking to us today. And uh, we just give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, let, let's just kind of dive in real quick this morning. I want to start today by just sharing a verse that's been kind of rolling around in my heart. In fact, uh, some of you guys are going to really understand this, but it's like every time I quiet my heart this week, I heard a portion of a scripture that's in Philippians chapter 3. And so I want to begin by looking at that verse today. It's Philippians 3, verses 13 to 14. It says this. Obviously, we know the Apostle Paul is saying this. Uh, he said this, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, here's the Apostle Paul of all people saying, Man, I don't even consider that I've somehow arrived at perfection. But he said this, But one thing I do, and this is the part that kept just rolling in my heart this week. He said this, Forgetting those things which are behind. Can we say that together? Forgetting those things which are behind. That's powerful, right? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14 says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, I don't know about you, but after uh, I heard that a few times, all the time I'm not the brightest or the smartest, but after I heard it a few times, I thought, you know, God may be trying to speak to me here. Just maybe. He might be trying to tell me something. And, and so... I just, uh, you know, do what you always do. If you feel like God's speaking, you just say, Lord, what are you trying to show me here? And immediately my mind went back to, you know, several messages that we've preached in this church over the past few months. The first one that my heart went to is this, is we spent, you know, weeks talking about an orphan heart. Does anybody remember that? Talking about an orphan heart. And obviously when you talk about an orphan heart, the the main thought that came to my mind there was uh, how deep an orphan heart or an orphan thinking or orphan behavior takes root in our hearts is determined in many ways by what? By how we were raised. We said that again and again and again. So you see this correlation with just, uh, yes, our relationship with our parents, our grandparents, but just those who had influence around us. And then my mind went to the sermons of the past two weeks. You know, two weeks ago, we talked about iniquities. Somebody say iniquities. 
You know, that's those generational bondages that everybody has, those generational sins that we all have to fight and contend with. Once again, that's with people that we value, we love, that we hold significant in our own hearts, or maybe a better way to say it, they had significant influence in our life. And then I thought about the, the third grouping there was basically inner vows, and that's those internal promises that we've made to ourselves to try to protect ourselves from any future pain. Now, typically those inner vows, you know, they're birthed out of pretty much when, when we went through a trauma, we went through pain, we went through something, and it caused us to put, once again, that, that fortress up in our own hearts to protect ourselves. But once again, that's with people that we love the most, typically. Is that right? So basically, here's what the conclusion I came to. I know I'm going fast, but I, here's the conclusion I came to is this, is if you're sitting in this room and, and those three groups, groups of messages there, God was speaking to you. If he was peeling back the onion in your own soul, uh, how many of you guys know that, that's pretty emotionally, uh, that's heavy stuff, right? It, there, there's a whole lot of emotions that goes with that. In fact, when it, I think it's impossible to hear those kind of messages without sitting back and not having uh, you know, old memories and old feelings and all that stuff being stirred up in your heart and mind. Can I get a witness? So, you know, when that happens, I, I believe this, that there's a temptation, and, and the truth be known, what the devil wants more than anything is for us to get stuck in those painful moments. And, uh, you know, once again, he wants us to, you know, not just remember, but he wants us to relive it. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about you. I, I'll just be honest. Yesterday, I thought about when I was in the, I think I was in the ninth grade, and I wore a certain outfit that I won't say to you guys, but, but I remember walking into class and this guy named Chris, I won't say his last name, but Chris, he immediately called me a name and he called me that for the rest of our high school years. And in my mind, my emotions, I wanted to get back at him. I want to punch him in the noggin, you know? And so anyways, but it's funny that it's amazing how a memory will not only just be a, some vague memory, but it stirs up all those emotions and now we want to respond to it. It's like we wish they were there in front of our face. Maybe that's not you. Maybe pray for your pastor. So anyways, I, I think, you know, once again, there's that temptation. Now, now this may seem strong, but, but I've met people over the years that it's like they don't seem to care if they get stuck there or not. It, it, it says, it's as if they, uh, they tell everybody that they want to, you know, be healed. They tell everybody they want to be set free. But the reality is that, they, that they've grown so accustomed to their pain, it's like their pain has become their best friend. And, and what's crazy is when you meet a person like that, when their pain has become their best friend, it's, it's, it's almost, it's just strange. It's like they're so afraid to let it go. It's like they're scared to, to just give it to God, right? And so what happens is it's, it's, the reason they're afraid is really this, is, is for some reason, some way, their, their pain has become part of their identity. And, and it's they want to be known for their pain, in fact, it's like they, they want people to know uh, what's been done to them. Yep. It's like you can't even have a conversation with them without them wanting you to know what they've been through. Right. Or they go the flip side, they want to let you know what's not been done for them. Yep. Both are working. But once again, they, they try to wrap their, uh, their identity around their pain. And, and how many of you guys know that's really unhealthy? Yeah? yeah? Um, listen, you know, while I was studying yesterday, I, I, I remembered, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie, The, uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. Fantastic movie. But uh, Jim Caviezel's character in that movie, his name's Edmund Dantes, and there's this spot where he uh, basically has this, uh, 
after 16 years, this encounter with the love of his life, her name is Mercedes, and he says this. He says, if you've ever loved me, don't rob me of my hate. It's all I have. To which she replied this, let it go, let it go, Edmund. God has given us a new beginning. Now, the question today is this, is why would we ever want to hold on to this stuff? Especially when God's trying to offer us a new beginning. Amen. So, so let, you know, just rhetorical question here, but wouldn't it be better if we just let it go? Yes, it would. So listen, I, you know, I don't know about you, but when I think about these things, it's like I, I have to ask myself, do I really want to live a life where my pain has a stranglehold on all of my relationships that God's trying to give me? And if you sit back and you're honest, if you're a person that finds your identity and your pain and you try to uh, dwell there, stay there, set up shop, set up camp, build a hotel, you know, market the place, whatever you try to do. If, if you try to do that, then guess what? You're putting a stranglehold on every important relationship of your life if you know it or not. Once again, you may think it's normal, but everybody around you knows it's not normal if they have an ounce of discernment. Amen? So, so I just want to do this. And this may seem weird, but sometimes just to get us acknowledged, turn to your neighbor. Look at him in the face and just say this. We need to let it go. I didn't say have a counseling session. I just. Here, look, here's what's so awesome. It's in church. It could be it could be the most serious thing. But it's funny how, how awkward we feel telling somebody the truth and telling somebody what we know we got to do ourselves. So it's easier just to laugh it off. This comes from one of those guys that every time I get an awkward moment, I tell jokes. So anyways, I feel you. So, so hey, Duncans, come here real quick. I need you to help me out. You got that nice-looking shirt, always looking clean. I, li- listen, I, I'm a visual learner. I tell you guys this all the time, but I kind of want to give you guys a picture of this. Just stand over there. Um, hold that for me, please. So hug that thing, man, like it's just your baby. Man. So have you, have you ever noticed, gang, just in light of what we're saying, that, uh, that just turned and looked at me, that, man, it's really hard. Just hold that as tight as you can. That's really hard. You didn't supposed to do that. I said, hold that. <laughs> see, see, look, look I, this is what's the problem with guys. <laughs> is they want to show everybody how athletic and uh, amazing they are. You, you know what I'm saying? You listen to instructions. All right, you're, you're in school. Hold that. That, that isn't amazing that it's like, I'll just pretend. All right, anyway, so <laughs> that, listen, that, that, have you ever noticed that how hard it is to receive something new when we're already holding on to something else? It's literally like I can just. Are, are you with me? Watch this. This is so simple, but I'm trying to get a, a visual image in there. So listen, it's like, it's like as long as we refuse, you can step out a little bit, that as long as we refuse to let go of what's in our hand, in our grasp, in our heart, then we'll never be able to receive what God's trying to give us. Right? And, and there's something about when we actually let go of what's in our hand, guess what? We can receive what God has in his hand. So, so see, you got to show him your skills, right? So... Look, we can throw up this as quote, but, but if you take a note, just write this down. When you let go of what's in your hand, guess what? God lets go of what's in his hand. So true. I've told you guys that a hundred times, right? But, but, but it's a true thing. Thanks, man. You're, you're incredible. I want you on my team. So, so if we reel all this in and we just ask, man, what, what has God been up to for all these months? 
It's been months we've been sitting in this thing, right? It's like months we've been, we've been gutted by the Holy Ghost. Maybe just me, right? But, but what's he been up to? It's simply this. God's just been trying to let go of what's in his hand for months. That's, that's what he's been trying to do with us. And, and, and it's like this. It's, it's the simple thing that obviously he isn't bringing all this stuff up to cause us more pain. He's a good God. He's a good dad. He's a good father. L- listen, I love my babies, right? Love all four of them. I don't want to cause them pain. God doesn't come and just try to cause us pain. So, so what's he trying to do? He's trying to come once again to give you and I another opportunity to fully give him what we've been holding on to, to fully trust him with it. He's given us another opportunity. Think about the goodness of God in this. He could have said, you know, you made that inner vow when you were 15 years old, young lady. Guess what? Who cares that you're 55 now? Live with it. But he loves us so much, he doesn't just say live with it. He said, come on, give it to me. Let's go, give it to me. I got, man, this is all I got for you. Can you please let go of that so I can give you this? Amen? So it's kind of this idea, and this simple point I'm trying to make is that when you and I don't fully give these areas to him, guess what? We inadvertently stall out the healing process in our lives. We stall it out, right? I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever uh, driven a stick shift, but, you know, some of us, uh, that's what I learned to drive in. You know, I learned, you know, back in the old days, they weren't old days. Y'all like that? <laughs> my, my parents said, look, if you're going to learn to drive, you're going to learn to drive right. And so they gave us a stick shift, and they said, all right, let's go do this thing. And they put you on that hill, and they brought suffering into your world. But, but listen, you know, how many times when you're learning how to drive do you stall that thing out? Right? And it's like that's what we're doing. We're learning this thing, but, man, we keep stalling out the healing process because we don't fully trust God. Now, listen, I could be wrong, but I think that's why Philippians 3 has been ringing in my heart. I think. I might be wrong. But, but if I can maybe put it to you another way. We all learn in different ways, so I'll give it to you in a different way here. That, and I believe God wants us to know that it is impossible for us to reach forward to those things which are ahead without first forgetting those things which are behind. Right? So, so to put this into context, and I hope this helps you, I, I'm not so sure, even though he says forgetting those things are behind, I'm not so sure if it's possible to ever have our memories erased of those things that happened to us. I'm not saying God supernaturally can't do things, but what I mean by that is if somebody comes and they try to conjure it up, you're going to remember the moment. You know, it's not like you just go dumb, right, and forget all those things. And, and so, but, but what it means here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, when, the, when he uses the word uh, forget or forgetting, it actually means to forget, but in this sense, watch this, it's so important, to forget in the sense where you neglect it or where you no longer this is you no longer care for it. But you no longer care for it. I personally believe this is what God's telling us. That, that when somebody or something brings up those people, that circumstance, those events, he's saying this. He's saying, look, I don't want you to get emotionally and, and so mentally involved that, that, man, that you give it all your attention. Right? I, you know, basically, it's where we no longer feel the, the need to feed and nurture that thing. It's like we no longer uh, feel driven or controlled by it. We no longer uh, feel beat down by it, or it no longer weighs us down. It no longer holds us captive. It no longer has significant influence over our lives. In other words, it comes up, and we just mentally toss it away. We don't care for it. We just disregard it. And it's like I, I don't think until those things happen are we really set free and healed of something. Amen? 
I think all of us already know that's impossible to forget those things that are behind without forgiving people. I think we all know that, right? You know, it, truth, truth be known, like for the last, oh, I think uh, three, four weeks, I've been like battling with the Lord going, I say battling with the Lord, but, but going, man, do I really want to teach on forgiveness again. And I'll just say this, okay, because I'm like, I've talked about it and I've talked about it and I've talked about it, but, but I, I read the Lord's Prayer again. And where it said, give us this day our daily bread. And then it says, forgive those. Well, it just might be a daily thing, y'all. Yep. So maybe, maybe, maybe we don't ever uh, get to the point where we don't need to hear it again. But that's not what we're going to talk about. All right, so I told you I was battling. I didn't tell you I gave in. Anyway, so <laughs> listen, before we get the cart before the horse, I want to say this. I believe God wants us to know that for forgiveness, for forgiveness to work... It requires mercy on our part. For forgiveness to work, it requires mercy on our part. And I'm just going to say this. I, I'm going to step out on a limb here. I, I dare to say that part of the reason why we haven't got total victory in, in, in uh, our forgiving of people is because we haven't done it yet with the character of mercy. So I want to talk about that for a second. When we talk about basically forgiveness, basically for it to work, it requires mercy. I want to show you a verse, kind of give you the spiritual uh, truth or spiritual connection between those two things. This is in Micah 7, 18. It says this, it says, there is no God like you. You do what? You forgive those who are guilty of sin because you delight in mercy. You forgive those who are guilty of sin because you delight in mercy. Once again, guys, when we reel it back in, remember the day, uh, the truth is really clear. God forgave us, and he continues to forgive us. Why? Because he's a merciful God. Amen? He's merciful, right? So, so what is mercy? You can jot this down. Mercy is the withholding of deserved punishment. It's withholding of deserved punishment. In short, it's this. It's, it's mercy is when God doesn't give us what we deserve. We, we hear, I, I, I wasn't going to say this, but we hear grace and mercy, grace and mercy, grace and mercy. Mercy is when God doesn't give us what we do deserve. Grace is when God gives us what we don't deserve. That's the difference between the two. So, so there's not a person in here, and I'm not trying to be like, woe is us, but, but the, the biblical truth is, is that all of us were born in sin, and we deserve to be, live eternal separation with God. But it was the mercy of God that what? That, that the Father, right, sent his Son, right, to die in our place. It was because of mercy Jesus endured our punishment on that cross so you and I wouldn't have to. It's a great place to say amen. So here's, watch this, if it... If it uh, begins and ends there, awesome. But it doesn't begin and end there. I want to show you what God is now expecting from us. Look at, at Micah uh, chapter 6, verse 8. This is one of those verses, if you don't grab anything in the Bible, this is a probably good one just to get a hold of. It says this, says, He has shown you, O man. When did he show you? When he saved you. He showed you. And it says this, And what does the Lord now, I added that, require of you? But to do justly and to do what? Come on, talk to me. To do what? To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Look, God is telling us since I've shown you my mercy, guess what? I now expect you to give it to other people. 
Okay, and, and, I, and if I could add a word there, I think the word that I would attach to it would be freely. It's free. So it's free for us, it should be free for them. Amen. Jesus echoed this truth in Luke 6, 36. He said this, be merciful, merciful, woo, got country. Be merciful just as your heavenly father is what? Merciful. So here's the idea today is this, is I just believe God wants to tap us on the shoulder and say, hey, guess what, man? Hey, guess what, gal? Um, I want you to be a carrier of my mercy. I want you to carry my mercy, right? We carry a lot of things, right? It's, it's like, you know, we were laying in bed last night, and, and Jen talked about, you know, uh, I should let her preach this. It would have been way better. But uh, she, she talked about if you're going, if you're going camping, right, that, that, you know, Man, what all stuff would you throw in here? Some fire, you know, Zach could tell us better than I could, but, but some, uh, you know, maybe something to start a fire. You're going you're gonna to attach your sleeping bag. You're going to get blah, blah, my mind's going to blank right now, but there are a hundred different things you can take with you, right? And so there's a hundred different things we try to haul around with us and we try to be carriers of, but the thing that God wants to be carrier of is carrier of mercy. As we go, that's what we're carrying, amen? Where we go, mercy goes, Amen. So, why do we know that? Here's real simple, because we just said in Luke 6, it's because he called us to be just like him. That's it. That's the standard, right? That, 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 we're, that we're called to have the same mercy mindset that the Father has. That, that it's, it's a mindset that does what? That unconditionally loves people. That's hard. Can I get a well? You're supposed to say well. Well. All right, there we go. <laughs> Y'all ain't been to that church. All right, anyways. So it's a mindset. Once again, unconditionally loves people. It's a mindset that gives grace and mercy where it's needed. It's a mindset that does what? That overlooks flaws and offenses. It's a mindset that forgives the people who've hurt us. So now watch this. I think our automatic response in that is always this. Uh, but, but what if they don't deserve it? Right? And it's like, truth is, is we feel like they don't deserve it. And I'm going to show you how we, how we act like they don't deserve it because we mistreat them. We ignore them, we disregard them, and we try to ostracize them. Man, you're no longer part of this family. Get out. Right? Yet God still calls us in the middle of all of that, of what they may deserve and not deserve, to forgive them, love them, and be kind towards them. And, you know, I'll say this. That's proof that you're walking in the Spirit. Amen? So I think this, if you can kind of grab this concept here, that it's not, it's not that God just wants us to be motivated by mercy, but he actually wants uh, mercy to be a character trait, a character trait that we walk in. In other words, so often in church we focus on love, 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 love. This is, a, this is an offspring of love, right? And so if I can say this, yesterday I was just sitting in my office and this thought just hit me, and hopefully it makes sense. But, but I feel like during the season, we'll throw the next slide up, that, that God doesn't want to just heal us, right? I believe that he wants to change our character for the future. Let me explain why I'm saying that. I think this is significant, but what, why does God just not want to heal our hurts, but he actually wants to change our character? And this is the reason why. It's because of this. It's because without a character that's full of mercy, guess what? We'll be doomed to continue to live in a pattern that's constantly susceptible, not only to those old offenses and those old hurts, but it'll leave us in this perpetual state of what? Of constantly needing healing for all the new offenses and the new hurts that will come our way. So once again, without mercy, without a character of mercy, guess what? We'll always be a, a victim for the next injustice. Yes? 
But what happens is, is when God just doesn't come, and, and I so about touched you on the leg because I thought you were my wife. So <laughs> when, when God comes, whoo, <laughs> peripheral vision will get you. So, <laughs> so, so when, when you come and, and, and listen to that, he just goes, oh, let me heal your boo-boo. That's not, that's not what it's about. He's like, look, let me, let me not only heal it, but look, let me change what, the way your heart works so when it comes, you won't be hurt next time. Right? Because the key is not to be, you know, great at just letting offenses go. The key would be that when the, the opportunity to be offended comes, we don't get offended. We have a proper perspective of it. We'll get there. All right. So let me give you, let me give you three, in the next few minutes, let me give you uh, three qualities of a carrier of mercy. And I'm sure there's way more than three, but... This is where we're at, okay? Three. Number one. Number one, a carrier of mercy, they do this. They, they set in their heart, basically, they, they don't condemn people. They don't condemn. You just go ahead and make it, that's in your mindset. They don't condemn, right? I'm not going to condemn. So let me give you an example. In John 8, when the scribes and the Pharisees, this is a pretty well-known uh, story here, but when the scribes and the Pharisees brought Jesus, a woman that was called in the very act of adultery, right? Uh, as those guys around her were planning to do what? They were planning to stone her for her sin. What did, do, what did Jesus do? Did he join them? <laughs> so often that's what we want to do. Hey, I'm with you. Grab me, give me a rock. Hey, toss me one, right? So, so, but what happened? Jesus rose for a defense and he simply said this. He said, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Notice he didn't condemn her, right? Did he have right to condemn her? By law, he did. But did he condemn her? No. Why? Because uh, uh, what's the thing? That mercy triumphs judgments, right? And so have you ever wondered, though, why Jesus didn't condemn her? I think it's because of this. John three seventeen says this. It says, God did not send his son, Jesus, into the world to do what? To condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In other words, in that moment, Jesus had a greater purpose, y'all. Yeah, and I'll just say this. I think sometimes when we, the reason we don't supposed to condemn folks is because it goes against the gospel. Yeah. Plain and simple, right? If you want to, if you want to put the gospel in, in two verses, John three sixteen and seventeen. There's the gospel. It's packaged perfectly, right? So, so it's kind of this. If you and I want to move forward. Right of what Paul was saying, uh, if we want to move forward and we want to get on with God, th- then we need to not only uh, drop the stones in our hand that we're holding tightly for those people in our past, but we need to do what? We need to try our best to avoid condemning people. Yeah. Am I making sense? So it's this, it's, it's even, even if and when they hurt us. If, if, that, if that concept condemn, basically it's, just in, uh, it's built around punishment. That's it. You just want to punish them. And it's that whole eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, uh, you know, whatever. If somebody did me wrong, I'm going to do them wrong, right? Carrier of mercy doesn't do that. Number two is, is a carrier of mercy, they, they seek to restore. They seek to restore. This is huge. So back to John 8, right? Jesus says, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. We know the, the, the story says that the, the guys were... Uh, convicted in their hearts, and it says that one by one, starting with the oldest to the youngest, they because they were smarter, they they dropped their rock and they walked away. Okay, now when everybody cleared, who was remaining? Jesus and the woman that was just caught in sin, right? Maybe a weird thought, but I just thought, man, if 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 we had the opportunity. 
to all those people that all those memories have been stirred up over the past few months, if we had the opportunity to tell them what we thought, what would we say and what would we do? When a rubber meets the road, right? I think I've told you all before, but I got a really good friend that his dad bounced on him when he was a little kid. And anyways, he went and did his thing. And a few years ago, that he died. My friend got a call. They say, hey, your dad died. He hadn't talked to him in 25 years, something like that, uh, maybe even 30 years. And my friend went to the funeral. And in the middle there of everybody, he didn't know anybody. He stood up and all that volcano. And he let his father know everything that he thought about him, even though he was sitting there dead in the casket. And he screamed and hollered and cried and basically walked out of the place super embarrassed of what he just did. But it was all the pain and all the hurt that was there. And so, you know, I don't think maybe we can reel in our super spiritual spot, but I think all of us have had moments where we wish we could do that. Except that they wouldn't be dead, that we could tell somebody what, what we really think. Or maybe they are dead. Right? So, but listen, what did Jesus say to her? He simply said this, go now and leave your life of sin. What did he do? He restored her. Right? He restored her. This, in my opinion, Jesus' response there, this adulterous woman, reveals basically what, what a carrier of mercy is really all about. It's really all about our intentions. It's our intentions. See, on one, on one hand that, you know, Jesus could have basically treated that woman like all those guys were treating that woman, right? What, what were they after, man? They, they, they weren't after, uh, you know, some attempt. Their intentions weren't to heal her. Their intentions weren't to restore her. Their intentions were really clear. We're going to publicly humiliate this woman, and we're going to punish her. And if she dies, she dies. So be it, right? But yet on the contrast, here's Jesus. Uh, he does what? And this is what we want to be like. He just simply knelt down, and he restored her to her God-given identity and her worth and her value, right? Now, watch this. We may not physically be able to restore someone in God's eyes, but we can restore them in our own heart. Great place to say amen. So true, because that's where the battle really lies. What they do with God, that's their business. But how I feel in my own heart is a different story, right? And, and, and I'll just say this. Um, if you've never noticed, it's like carried around mercy feels a whole lot lighter than carried around Anger, bitterness, and hate. It feels a whole lot lighter in the heart. Amen? And so, anyways, so once again, you may not be able to change these people, but it's not really our job to change them. It's really our job to protect our heart in this. And by protecting our heart, is not building a wall and getting angry and staying angry. By protecting our heart, it's just making sure there's peace and mercy in there, right? And that there's love that's there. So, anyways, here's what Paul told us to do in Galatians 6. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone, notice it says someone, anybody, is called in a sin, in other words, even against you, you who live by what? The Spirit should restore that person gently. Are you all with me today? They should restore that person gently. Notice it doesn't say with passive aggressiveness. Right? It doesn't say with aggressiveness, all right? It says gently. Because why? Because the Spirit of God's gentle. Yeah. Amen? So, if I can maybe say this, once again, it, it's not about, you have to understand, when you, when you set the goal out to restore these people, the goal is 
you know, or what God's not really requiring of us is to somehow overlook their sin or overlook their wrongdoings. Once again, it just all boils down to what's your intentions, what's your heart in the deal, right? He's the judge, not me, right? Thank God he's the judge and not us. Or we'd all be in hell because we've all made somebody mad, right? So anyways, number three, here we go. The third thing that a person that carries mercy or the care of mercy, that they actually have this. They, they aim for reconciliation. They aim for reconciliation. They aim for reconciliation. If, um, if we would grab a hold of that in the church world, men, our relationships would be a whole lot better. Amen? Some, somebody, uh, you know, I'll just pick on my family. I don't know, you know, your family may be perfect. But, um, I mean, I got folks in my family that haven't talked in 10 years. That's a long time. You know what I'm saying? I, I, got, I got folks saying talking two years, three years. I'm like, that woman birthed you, and you can't speak to her? Right? And it's because this, because they're not aiming for reconciliation. They're aiming to be right. Right? And so, but if we're going to be carriers of mercy, we need to aim for reconciliation. Because once again, going back to, to not only John 8, you know, what was Jesus' goal with that woman? But not only with that woman, but say the woman at the well. Going down and don't stop. What was Jesus' motivation? Not with just those few gals, but with the entire world. It was reconciliation. Look at this verse in 2 Corinthians. It says, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and did what? Gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you see this pattern? Freely as you have received, freely give. It's all through there, right? As God's done to you, turn around and do it to somebody else. And it says that God was doing what? Reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has now, I added that, committed to us or trusted us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, because of that, we're Christ's ambassadors. Amen? So, so listen, so, so part of being a carrier of mercy, we realize once again, I know I keep repeating myself, but it's intentional, that we realize that as a believer in Jesus that we represent somebody more than ourselves. If we could grab a hold of that, right? That we represent someone greater than ourselves, that we represent Jesus, we represent the kingdom of God. So watch this, so believe it or not, how we respond to that wrongful action of others, if it's past, present, future, guess what? Have you ever thought about that that may determine how the people around us will respond to the gospel we say we believe in? There's so many layers on this. Listen, if somebody does you wrong, let's say you're at work, and somebody does you wrong, and you act like a freaking idiot, right? Say it like it is, you lose your mind. Right? You get all emotional, you scream, you holler, you cuss, you throw a little fit like you're five years old. Right? What kind of witness is that, those folks around you? And and listen, I'm convinced that we can spend years and years and years and years and years and years praying, and we can get in there, talk to our family, 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 but then something rises in our family, and we act opposite of the way the kingdom of God works then we just shot all those prayers and all those uh, witnessing moments right in the foot. Here's the truth, gang, just with people in general. You could spend 20 years accumulating good, and you could do one bad thing, and you can lose it all. Right? You got to be, you, you know, you got to be on your toes. Now, thank God for mercy, because we've all blown it, yes? But, but listen, we've all done it. And if you've done it, just go say, I'm sorry. Goes a long way, Right? 
So, so if you can kind of, you know, just kind of think this in your mind. When things come up, if you can stop and ask yourself, okay, look, they just did me wrong. Can you say, man, how can I be Christ's ambassador in this situation? What does an ambassador do? An ambassador does what the one who has the real authority does, right? And so you're acting on their behalf. So how would Jesus act in this moment? Then you go accordingly. Amen? Or if you can maybe ask yourself, how can I, with God's help, bring reconciliation to this circumstance? In other words, how can I be part of the solution and not the problem? And, and listen, that, that means, I'm, I don't know why I'm sitting here picking on families, maybe because it's so pertinent to my world, but, but, but it's like I can either side with somebody or I can side with Jesus. You, you know, it's almost, if I can just throw a thought, remember when, when uh, basically it's, uh, you know, the angel of the Lord pops up and you got Joshua standing there and says, whose side are you on? What did he say? Neither. <laughs> I'm not on yours, I'm not on theirs, I'm on the Lord's side. That's how we need to live. We need to be on the Lord's side, amen? So, so in closing today, I, you know, I just want us to consider something. How will we respond to God's word of forgetting those things which are behind us so that we can press forward in Christ? How are we going to respond to that? And so just a, a few questions I want to ask you, and without giving you an answer, because it needs to be your answer. Uh, but I just want to ask you today, when you look at all the things that we've spent months talking about and all those people and all those situations and those moments, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? Are, 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 you, are you holding a, you know, a fistful of stones that are full of condemnation? Or are you holding mercy? Yeah? To ask yourself, man, you know, with all those people, what are my intentions? What's my intentions toward the things of my past? Is, is my intentions to humiliate those people if I have a chance? Or, or will it be to restore them? Right? Uh, you know, whose ambassador do I want to be with all those things? Do, do I want to be an ambassador for the devil? Do I want to be an ambassador for my own kingdom? Or do I want to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God? Right? And to ask ourselves today, man, what, what will I choose to carry? Will I choose to carry mercy, healing, joy, peace? Go down the list of what's available, right? Or, or, will, I, or will I be a uh, carrier of bitterness, of anger? unforgiveness, going down the other kingdom's list. What will I carry? And the choice is yours. But God's given us an invitation, once again, not only to just heal us of our past, but he's given this invitation where he wants to give us a Christ-like character that's full of mercy for our future. Amen? Once again, the core of all this is from that position of being a carrier of mercy with all those things I desire to not to condemn, I desire to restore and to reconcile people, that, that it's from that spot that, guess what, we can forgive and forget. Not forgetting the memories, but forgive in the sense of we don't care for it anymore. It doesn't have weight on us. And once again, it's not because those people deserve it, but it's because we realize we didn't deserve it, but yet he gave it to us, and so we choose to be like him. Isn't that the end goal, to be like him? Amen? Amen. Awesome. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. I just want to pray for you. I do want to say this, just as your eyes are closed. If you're in here today and you've never experienced God's mercy for your life, I mean, you've never given Jesus your life, your heart, man, today's a great opportunity. At the end of today's service, there's going to be some people that are up front, and uh, they'd be more than happy to pray with you if you want to uh, Give your heart and give your life to Jesus if you want to experience his mercy to know that, man, that all your sins, man, he, he, he forgave them. 
Amen. In fact, what it says there in Micah, the first verse we read out of Micah, Micah 7, it says that he actually takes our sins and he throws them in the sea of forgetfulness. Thank God for that. He remembers them no more. Amen. Amen. If, you, if you're here today and you go, man, I just want to be a carrier of God's mercy, just lift both hands. Just as an act of, of just telling God, God, I want to be a carrier of mercy. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, as our hands are lifted and more so our hearts are lifted to you. Father, we want to be people that have a, a heart of mercy like our Father. Lord, we want to be people, God, that have a, a, just right intentions to to not only just not condemn people, but to restore them and, and to reconcile them. And Lord, I'm asking God as our, as our hands and our hearts are lifted, Lord, I'm just asking God that um, over the past few months, Lord, we, we've had people come to our mind. God, a people that we need to uh, reconcile with, that maybe we need to restore. Lord, I'm asking God that you would give us the wisdom on how to do that. God, that's just you said in your word that we would do it with a gentle heart and a gentle spirit. Uh, but, Lord, that you would just show us how to respond. And, Lord, when we, when we go to uh, respond like the world responds, would you stop us? And would you remind us of what we heard tonight and, and go, man, remember whose side you're on, yours on, or today, that you're on the Lord's side? And, God, that we would respond the way the kingdom would. And so, Lord, today, I just bless your people. Thank you for giving us new character, new heart. God, change us, God, so we can do it your way, so healing can really come in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week, and God bless.